0: MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Midorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 231 of the underdog sports baseball show and a happy labor day to all of our listeners. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Midorski. Bryce, before we start talking baseball, is there anything better than waking up on a Monday morning, looking at the clock and realizing I don't have to work today?
1: Chase, I flew to California last night. I woke up at 6 15. The lack of work meant nothing.
0: Yeah, I know firsthand and better than most. And I know you know this. That first day post time change, especially when you take a PM flight, sucks.
1: Yeah, I mean originally the plan was be, be out let's fly tonight. I think I think I did the right thing going today early, but whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the nice thing is, having done many of these trips, I mean, some as little as like a three-day trip where I'm flying out Friday morning and flying back Sunday morning, at least you will be there long enough to adjust and enjoy it. The worst is when you're making these cross-country trips in a three- to four-day time frame, and as soon as you get adjusted to the time zone, boom, you're flying back.
1: That that makes sense, but I feel like
0: if you're going to come all the way out here
1: you got to at least make a, what, you, you got to make a week unless you have a very specific, like a wedding. Like when you have a wedding, you come in, you got the wedding. It's like, I'm here with, I have a specific purpose. If you're just here to hang, you need more time to hang.
0: Yeah. I mean, the good thing is for the first month of the football season, you have what, in my opinion, is by far the best time zone, um, especially given that we are early risers. So, you know, you can wake up at, Nine o'clock, still have an hour to place bets, set your lineup, and then football's just on. Uh, I mean, I've been very outspoken how in college it was the best, just because I could watch football till, till like 7, 30, 8 o'clock, and then do my homework or do whatever would need to be done. Which you know, in high school in New York, games ended at eleven thirty. You gotta go to bed.
1: That's what I'm looking forward to most. Uh, but does that mean you will play? You will go through Bavada for me since I'm out here. And yeah, I don't
0: know. I don't know what we're going to do next week for week one when I'm also in California, um, but we'll be phoning some friends for sure. We'll get those lined up during the week of preparation.
1: I got a lot. Yep, there's a bunch of people that uh, that have been told. I guess that's what I can use Microsoft Teams for and just set up meetings with your brother on
0: Fridays. You, you, you also can if you want to do the props. Prize picks is legal in the state of California. Not only is it legal, but you can also bet on college sports on it in the state of California.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm going to go. Oh boy. That's, that's tough. Did you watch, can we do a little college football rant or do we
0: Sure, go for it? It was a weird. Yeah. We could do a college football rant because not a lot happened in baseball this week, but it was definitely one of the weirder baseball weeks and that we saw a team literally within a month stretch all from the month of August, push all of their chips in and then wait, the white flag simultaneously.
1: Yeah. That, that definitely. At my uh, my local team did that.
0: But yeah, college football. I mean, Dion, Coach Prime, it's real.
1: Watch out for that. I guess that was my, my. It's more of a PSA than a rant. Be very weary betting on Colorado the rest of the season. I think they may uh, they may lose out.
0: Yeah, I mean, my one thought is like as great as Travis Hunter looked week one. I I, I just don't. I I just don't see how a guy has that kind of physical endurance. To play, um, to play both sides for an entire season.
1: In that altitude also. It's Why crazy. Did, I mean, I guess it was a road game week one. But, yeah, watch out for like a, uh, like a Jeff Saturday type deal when everybody – when people kind of mock the hire and the team has all its ducks in a row for week one. But then going forward, it's just
0: hmm. – all right, let's talk baseball. Uh, we had a near no hitter this week. A couple guys with major career achievements. And as I mentioned, your new local team. Um, just honestly, I, I, there's certain fan bases that are cursed. I think it's like the Vikings slash Browns in the NFL. And the NBA. Oh, the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. NBA. Timberwolves. Um. The Clippers. Oh, yeah. The Clippers. Uh my other and, local
1: team.
0: Angels fans, you you may be uh you may be on that list now. But more of that to come. Um, some decent games on Labor Day for our bavadasportsbook.com picks of the week. Um, before I even get into the picks, one of these guys is pitching at 211 today, and then I'll do our game of the week. Have you heard of Cole Raggins? I have not. This guy for the Royals is probably the best pitcher this year that nobody's talking about. He um, made the shift to the rotation earlier this season and basically has Shane McClanahan stuff from the left side.
1: Is he available in our fantasy
0: league? No, he's been long picked up. Trust me, I was all over it. But uh, if you're bored and you feel like watching a White Sox Royals game, which means you really have nothing to do. If you're bored and hate yourself. You you could do that. Um, Two games to pick with big playoff implications today. First of which is Giants versus the Cubs, Battle of Aces at Wrigley. Logan Webb for the Giants, Justin Steele for the Cubs. Plus one and a half, minus one seventeen. Plus one eighteen for the Giants. Minus one and a half, plus one forty, minus one thirty eight for the Cubs. Over/under is nine. I'm going under nine, minus one twenty. I, I know that's not a fun, exciting pick to lead off. That's the a heavy.
1: That's a heavy. Uh, that's a heavy line on and
0: under. Yeah, that's a lot of runs for a guy who. Right now would be my runner-up in the Cy Young race. I know I've been banging the drum for steel, but I think – we we not bet the- on Steele this week? We bet on steel both of us. Um I-, I just think Blake Snell, that ERA is getting too low for him not to win it.
1: <laughs> I mean, we'll
0: talk to Cy Young stuff later, I assume, but – Yeah, nine for an ace in Logan Webb and a Cy Young, a worst top three finisher in Steel just seems like a very big number. I
1: just – Weird things happen in day games. I would take the Cubs, but this this is uh this is probably the series of the week. This is an incredibly
0: important series. Well, I'm gonna disagree with you because of our next pick. With even some would say even bigger playoff implications. Everything's bigger in Texas, and this week the Astros play the Rangers. Didn't the Astros just get swept by a last place team though? Uh they did. It's just proved how uh how weird the Yankee season has been. Oh, yeah. More on that to come, though. Um, big three-game series, J.P. France for the Astros, Andrew Haney for the Rangers. Astros minus one and a half, plus 150, minus 108. Rangers plus one 1.5, minus 182, minus 108. Over-under in this game is 9.5, so I went with one under for my other pick. I'm going with an over, over 9.5. I think the bats are out in Texas today.
1: Oh, I would just take the over-every game this series. It, these are offense teams. These are offensive teams, and the Scherzer Verlander. I guess that their work Scherzer was looked great and then left early, which is I guess your only fear with Scherzer down the stretch. But
0: right now, Scherzer greater than not greater than or equal to greater than Verlander
1: since they since they both got back to Texas. Yes. Yeah. Now Scherzer's been very very good.
0: Yeah, Rangers and Astros for context. I mean, we're going to talk about it in ten seconds for the standings, but uh, they're both tied for a game out in the ALs. Going to those standings, AL East, uh, Orioles 85 and 51, two and a half up on the Rays, 83 and 54. Blue Jays 75 and 62 in third. Red Sox 71 and 66 in fourth. Yanks 68 and 69 in last. couple notes for the AL East. Um, I guess three main notes. One, so you know, how we've been talking about all year how the Orioles aren't going to have enough pitching down the stretch.
1: Yeah, and then they traded for Flaherty.
0: Not where I was going with that, but yes. Um, My two notes on this are, one, Kyle Bradish is really good. Probably a guy everyone should start talking about. Um, I guess at this point they're ace because someone has to be. Um, But his ERA is now 3.03 in 140 innings. You pitch in the AL East and have an ERA like that, you're good.
1: I don't know if it was a lack of pitching for him. It was just they don't have that one –
0: Well, you know who we've slept on all year and I didn't even think about it until I saw it on Twitter this week? You know who I think is coming back next week? Means? John Means. John Means was, again, not a traditionalist, but threw a no-hitter. I mean, he was an all-star starting pitcher for them. And not in the mold of somebody has to make it for the Orioles. He deserved to be an all-star.
1: That's fair, but again, it's... I don't know if it's a lack of depth issue for them. I think it's a lack of having the alpha, alpha stuff. Like, you don't want... You can say John Means all you want, but are you going to trust John Means against Castillo, against Berlander, against Scherzer, against Glass now?
0: No, I think that's why the most apt comparison to this team is the 2015 Royals.
1: 2015 Royals traded for uh, Cueto.
0: Yeah, I don't have Cueto on the level of all those guys you just named, as much as we love Cueto. (laughs)
1: Yeah, but Quato's still a level, but I guess that's the point on the order. I think there's a level from John Means to Cueto to Ber- Scherzer Berlin.
0: Yeah. Other two notes in the East. Um, one, I, I, this Blue Jays team, I, again, I just, I'm just i done trying to really figure them out. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs at this point. Um, and I know I've kind of been bashing the guy all year, but until I see his numbers like really rebound – In my mind right now, and you could tell me if I'm crazy, but I'm strictly looking at the past two seasons, you cannot have Vladimir Guerrero in the superstar tier with his current production.
1: No, correct. Based off his current production, you cannot. But he is a superstar because he is cool. Yeah, marketability, sure. but He is cool, and his dad's a Hall of Famer, and he hit a lot of home runs. And he hits a lot of home runs in the home run dirt. But he's the only show on – when you put him on TV, when he's the only guy going in the big leagues, he puts on a show like no one else. So he has star attributes, but he doesn't have a, a body of work star production except for that uh, 2021 season, right?
0: Yeah, very eloquently stated. 1.1 1. 1 war in 133 games, 21 homers, 82 ribbies. His OPS is 780. It's not very good. Like Glaber Torres has a higher OPS than Vlad. Glaber Torres, I I took it. Which is in- again no knock on Glaber. Glaber's having a very good year, but I think if you ask any casual baseball fan, hell probably even a lot of Yankee fans, who would have a higher OPS on September fourth, Glaber or Vlad, I think we know where that's going.
1: I took Glaber in fantasy. It was ridiculed for the pick. He he's been much better than Vlad this season. I mean,
0: Glaber, yeah, for whatever it's worth, this is where we'll give Glaber a pat on the back, and there are so many bonehead mistakes. This will transition into the Yankees. Like, the the Yankees-Tigers series was a microcosm of the Glaber-Torres experience. Four-game series, the homers in three of them. The fourth game, Anthony Volpe homers with two outs in the ninth to tie the game up, and an extra innings on a routine double play throw. Glaber overthrows DJ at first. Yankees lose. All that said, though, at the second-base position, if you can get – 272 average and 805 OPS, 24 home runs. And he only has 15 steals, uh, 13 steals. He only has 58 RBIs, but I think that's more product of the Yankee lineup. Um, that's a star second baseman.
1: It's an all-star second baseman. It, 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 it's not. I mean, on the lineage of the 25 jerseys, he's it's John B. Tex Glaber. He's probably not going to reach the highs that John B. or Tex had for us, but. He's, he does his job. Like, he he was a good – I I want to just – if you can pencil that production in for the next 10 years at second base, I'll sign up for it, no question. I,
0: at this point, I, have come all the way around to the point where – mostly just because I haven't seen him hit at all. I'm team trade Peraza while he has any value and lock up labor.
1: Well, we could go on a very long rant about this, but that's not what Cashman is going to do.
0: No. Other two Yankee notes, um, as you said, they swept the Astros. Uh, the Martian came up. The youth movement is in full effect. Uh, just a weird season, man. I mean, we're a game below five hundred. Judge is still mashing baseballs. But if I if we looked at the schedule last week when we recorded the podcast, and I had said we were going to go into Houston and sweep them without Garrett Cole pitching, you probably would have said I was nuts. Yeah, yeah. And yeah I, you know, I would have said, I agree. It seems nuts, but I guess that's what happened. Just a weird year. And shout out to that, Garrett Cole. Um, Built on what we said last week in terms of rebuilding the Cy Young case. Um, This week, he pitched against the Tigers. Good, not great. Um, Six innings, two earned, um, six strikeouts. But, again, it just seems like this is one of those years, especially in the American League. Castillo also got hit hard, which helped Garrett's Cy Young case tremendously. It just seems like he's going to win the award by virtue of he's going to lead the league in innings pitch, which still means something. And then everything else, he's going to just be in the top five. And in a year where there's no alpha, that's, I think, going to be more than enough.
1: Yeah, I, I just think barring something, it's his to lose at this point. Um, it's not impossible. If Castillo has a great September, if he delivers four knockout starts, rest of the way he can get it. Especially with the value the weight. If you wait his games, Seattle's got stuff to play for. Uh, but I think it's down to those two and Castillo's gonna have to do something epic to get the award back from Garrett. It
0: almost just seems like Garrett's steadiness is what's gonna win him the award. Which was not his thing last year. Yeah, like he I think he leads baseball this year it was twenty one or twenty two starts if two earned runs are allowed or less than six plus innings pitched. And like That's I don't know. Good. That's a good stat. That's going to win you the award this year. Um, AL Central. Boy, did this division just get more interesting thanks to the Angels. I mean, the Twins are still five up, 71 and 66. Guardians are five back. Tigers, eight back, 63 and 74. White Sox, 53 and 84. And shout out to the Royals, who all we've talked about all year is how bad Oakland is, historically bad team. The Royals actually now have the worst record in baseball. Um, Without spoiling too much, though, the AL Central, we're going to keep it very vague here. Did the Guardians do enough in the last week where you think they could catch the Twins with a month to go?
1: I think five too many games. And the short answer, I, I just.
0: And I still think the Twins might be a, a still a better team. Like, I look at the Twins rotation and I look at the Guardians' new rotation, I kind of just go, yeah, I'd rather have Pablo Lopez and Joe Ryan than and even Maeda than a lot of those guys.
1: You didn't even mention Sonny Graham there. Who's...
0: Oh, my God, yeah, I missed the best of all of them. Yeah, Did I just um, talked myself into maybe the Twins actually winning a first round playoff series, perhaps.
1: Maybe well, let's start with a first round playoff
0: game, since they they don't really do that. Baby steps. Good call. Got to walk before you can run. They have they have beaten Texas. They played Texas
1: twice lately, and they beat them a bunch. If best. the three sex magic,
0: so we'll see what happens in the Central. and Then AL West. Uh, what what an exciting race this is going to be. We have three teams in the game in the division. Mariners in first, 77-59 on the back of an epic August. Rangers in second, tied with the Astros, uh, 76-60, 77-61, but the winning percentage is about the same. Angels, A's, riding that division there. This is going to be a buckle up because, honestly, and it has nothing to do with the fact that they're all separated by a game. This, to me, feels like a division that any of these teams could genuinely win at this point
1: because I think they're all – I mean, I'll just check Texas' schedule. Texas has series against Houston and Seattle left. They have two against Seattle. So that's something to keep an eye on. Houston has the Texas series. And one against Seattle also.
0: Here's the only thing I'm going to say about Houston. I honestly think of these three teams, all three teams rake. The offense, there's going to be runs. I think Houston might have – as crazy as it is on a team with Verlander and Fromber, they may have the worst rotation of these three teams just because I think of the three teams' aces, so call it Castillo and Kirby, Scherzer and whoever they want to pitch after Scherzer, and then well, – Ver- I, I
1: think Texas has, has the worst.
0: I But I, Max is just so consistent – I just think Verlander and Fromber are the most prone to epic blow-ups.
1: Yeah, but at least you said – you said Scherzer and – if a Baldy comes back, it's a different discussion. Correct. But who are you – you know, just Gray or – you know who's been really, really good? Oh, no, Montgomery. Montgomery, yeah.
0: No, I'll, I'll throw Montgomery in that number two conversation. Well, that trade is not looking great for the Yankees. No, I mean, Jordan Montgomery, he'll be an interesting free agent case because he's 30 years old, not a ton of tread at the tires, but a lot of big game experience, Three, four, six ERA. I could see, uh, to me, the 4 for him, someone will give him 4 for 60.
1: At least. Easily. Easily.
0: Like, if Tyone got, I think, 4 for 68 from the Cubs, I think he beats that.
1: I think he'd be a good fit in Chicago also. they probably regret that Tyone contract.
0: Yeah, if only the New York Yankees had a lefty innings eater who consistently has an ERA in the threes.
1: Yeah, but we got a little over a year of Bader.
0: Yep. Whatever. National League, Braves, 80-90 and 46. First team in baseball to get um, to 90 wins. They had a great series with the Dodgers. Very exciting. Should be a great NLCS preview. 15 up on the fighting fills. All they do is hit. God bless Trey Turner and Bryce Harper. And boom, and
1: Castellanos, and Schwarber, and Stock. Did you bet Faker.
0: on? Did you bet on Castellanos to uh, homer on Saturday, in light of the tragic news?
1: I should have, but I did not.
0: Yeah, well, we didn't homer, but we did bet on it. Me and a few friends.
1: I still should have.
0: We deemed that Jimmy Buffett passing was enough to bet on a Castellanos homer.
1: Ca- I mean, that's it, that line, We just, I just named like eight guys. I think they're the lineup. I know the most people.
0: Rio Mut- I'm doing a virtual diamond here. Real Muto, Bryce, Scott, Trey, Bohm, Schwarber, ideally DHing. Uh Castellanos. Castellanos, Marsh, and then whoever's playing left field that day.
1: I mean, you just said uh eight big eight certified big leaguers. No, there's all, no right. Grand-
0: all right, but then to the play devil's advocate for the team above them in the standings.
1: Oh, that's probably their better.
0: Shaw Murphy, Darnold, Olsen, Albies, <laughs> RC, the entire National League starting infield. Austin, yeah. Austin Riley, Acuna, Rosario, and Ozuna.
1: That's pretty good. But you know what the Phillies have going for them? And you can see it when you watch their games. The Phillies look like they are having the most fun of any team. Yeah. And look- like it's having a good time.
0: And the Phillies showed, I mean, Trey Turner showed, you give a shit about a player and you show him love, he'll show love back. NL Central, Brewers, 76-63 and a half up on the Cubs. Red six and a half back there. Pirates, Cardinals rounding out of the division. Uh, Brewers and Cubs played each other last week. I believe they split the series. Um, I think this one's coming down on the wire, but I, I still like the Brewers just on the strength of those three arms and just enough offense. One thing I didn't know um, – Craig Council can leave after this year. You know who would make a lot of sense for the New York Mets? Craig Council. You know what would make a lot of sense for the New York Yankees? Craig Council. I I don't know why
1: he'd leave, though. I think he's fairly comfortable. there. They got a good thing going.
0: Yeah, I think it's you want to be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a bigger pond. But he's shown that he could do a lot with a little. And the
1: key, are they, look, they're in the playoffs seemingly every year.
0: Remember coming into the summer when the Dodgers were like down in the division and we were like, oh, Diamondbacks, Giants, hooray.
1: Don't sleep on the Padres. Yeah.
0: Dodgers are 14 and a half up at 84 and 52. I'm paced to win hundred games yet again. Model franchise Uh, D backs, 14 and a half back tie with the Giants. Padres officially waving the right flag. Uh, Did not claim anybody on waivers this week. So they're giving up, but you know, I think the Padres and Yankees are in a very similar spot right now, from the stand, from a fan base standpoint, where your team's underachieved. You root for the Cy Young Award during the stretch, and uh, Rockies and last there, and then the Wild Card. We got some exciting races. Uh, to me, in the AL, the Rays and the two Texas teams, unless the Blue Jays get hot, which is possible, but uh, it feels like the AL playoff field is set. In
1: the my field, the, the field looks set. It's just it's not the two Texas teams. It's It'll be two of the West teams.
0: The three AL West teams and Tampa seem set for the division slash wild card spots. Yeah. And Baltimore, I mean, again, they're eight up now, you know, Baltimore, the biggest threat to the number one overall seed in the AL is the Rays. If they can hold them off. I think fans are going to pack Camden yards if they host playoff games. I mean, they're going to host some games, but.
1: Uh, Yeah. Now they'll. They're, they're good for Baltimore. And I think he's a runaway manager of the year.
0: Oh, yeah. And then in the National League, I mean, it's Braves, Dodgers, Brewers in terms of the seeding. This is why you made the third wild card, because now going into September, you have the Phillies are five and a half up. I think we both agree they have a pretty good hold on the number one wild card spot, bearing some fun. Games.
1: Yeah.
0: Cubs are three up in the second spot. D-backs, Marlins, Giants, and Reds all have a 5'11 winning percentage or in a virtual tie.
1: I got to go look. I gotta. I have to see that right now.
0: It goes D-backs, Marlins, Giants, Brett. It's
1: it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. May uh, I be
0: coming around on the Giants after spending a lot of time bashing them? Yes, because Gowan and Merle Kelly got rocked last week. Granted, it was against the Dodgers, but if those two guys don't pitch well, I don't see any chance for the D-backs staying in this race.
1: No, they they need to win every start from those two the rest of the way and then go 500 in the ones.
0: The D-backs do, though, I've decided to have. um, Every week I like to throw out a guy who I don't think gets enough love. This week it's going to be Christian Walker.
1: Christian Walker is 30 homers. He's Paul Goldschmidt.
0: 30 homers this year, 137 OPS plus, 876 OPS, 90 ribbies, 4.1 more, on pace to win his second gold glove. That's a really good player. He's. Like there's a lot
1: of stuff to like in Arizona, they're just not a deep enough team. They're yeah. just, they're they're missing. Like why I don't know why didn't they claim anyone? I guess they were too. They could have been a nice uh landing spot for an angel.
0: An angel in Arizona. It's a good Nicolas Cage movie script idea. Um MVP. We'll talk league leaders and then do quick MVP picks at the end. I mean, Acuna and Mookie facing each other lived up to the hype. So exciting. that NL MVP race is coming down to the wire. I flip-flop every day, honestly. I think right now, if you asked me to, if I had a vote, I'd vote Ronald. But it will literally be one of those races that it depends on what they do every day. Um run scored, Ronald, 123 runs scored. Mookie two, Freddie three, Olsen four. Acuna, 184 hits, Freddie's three, Mookie's four, doubles, 51 doubles for Freddie. No one's touching that. Uh triples, Corbin Carroll, Shohei, and Bobby Witt with eight apiece. Shohei and Matt Olson tied with forty-four home runs. It's amazing. Shohei, since he got the um, elbow news, hasn't homered, and despite that, has an OPS over a thousand.
1: Yeah, I noticed he hasn't homered. It's not. It, it's hurting the fantasy team a little bit.
0: But that's how you know you're a stud player when it will, over a, a ten or so day stretch, you have an OPS over a thousand without hitting a home run.
1: He's still everything. You it, his contract is going to be. It'll be a good baseball offseason just for him.
0: Matt Olsen, 113 ribbies. Two guys joined the 100 ribby ranks, so Pete Alonso and Adolis Garcia. Walks Juan Soto with 113. Steals Ronald, 63. Average. That's- Arias picked it back up this week, 376 average. New qualifier in the American League. Corey Seager now has enough at-bats and is on pace to be in the batting title race.
1: If they shut Otani down, he uh, Seager would have won the MVP. I, I think Seager's been the second yeah. best player in the NFL.
0: I think that's fair. I think that's fair take. Ronald uh, four 6, four sixteen OBP, slugging uh, Otani six fifty four OPS one point oh six six Otani. Before we move on to pitching, right now September fourth, Mookie or Ronald?
1: It, it's tough to go against Ronald when you say when he has a, when he's at 30-60. But when Mookie gets that fortieth homer, it's he'll he'll probably get there. He'll get there. I I think it's whoever does something cooler at the. If Ronald gets to if Ronald gets to eighty steals, it's gonna be tough to vote against him. If Mookie, I don't know. They're just they're just I, I they're both incredible. It's tough to make an MVP case around defensive versatility. It's a very, it's very 2023. 20, but it's a good time <clears throat> But it, but I don't know if it's a time. Ronald's gonna beat him in average pretty easily, and steals are cool. Like if you want to incentivize stealing, you give Ronald the MVP because it's exciting.
0: Yeah, I'm glad I don't have a vote. Uh, pitching side of things, Spencer Strider leading baseball with 16 wins. He. It's good, not great. Give up four runs against the Dodgers. A lot of strikeouts. Um, Strider could still snoop in and win the NL Cy Young, but to me, this is a two horse race between lefties, and we'll compare numbers in a second. ERA, B- Blake Snell two five. I guess this is as good of a time as any. Then Blake Snell's leading baseball in ERA with a two five ERA. Justin Steele second with the two six nine. Snell's twelve and nine. Steals fifteen and three. Snell one hundred fifty five innings. Steele one hundred forty four. Whip. Justin Steele is at 1.17. Snell is at 1.25. Here's a big separator, though. Steele, 141 strikeouts. Snell, 201. I just think with Snell, he's going to win like 14, 15 games, so it won't be like the 10 and 9. And I just think if you lead the baseball and ERA, you lead baseball in ERA, you are a household name amongst baseball fans. And he's probably gonna strike out like 230 guys. He probably is gonna win it. it
1: it's like it, it's you I everything you said is right, but it's it's somehow I, I don't think this is I didn't I wouldn't have thought this is possible. It seems like he's having an underwhelming Cy Young year in his free agency.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be like those years though, and like you see this on Twitter a lot, where you look at like the totality of the stretch, and we're going to look back at this and be like, this was like an Arietta in 2015 stretch. He's been lights out since June. Yeah, he's been that good.
1: Um, other than that, complete. Like, game- again, we spoke about it the other day, uh, just off off the podcast, the two-time Cy Young club that don't that does not get in the Hall of Fame. League. How many
0: pitchers have won one in both leagues? I was thinking about this.
1: I think a decent amount.
0: Scherzer.
1: Scherzer. Pedro. Pedro. Gaylord Perry. Clemens. Big unit. Um, Holiday. Yeah.
0: It's a pretty good list to be on, though. Yeah, but I think Snell makes that worse. Snell S- 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 tanks that list. A oh, significant drop off there. Um, Sandy and Jordan Lyles, three complete games each. Saves, Emmanuel Class, with 40. Innings pitched, 184 and two thirds. Sandy, strikeout, Strider, 245. Whip, 1.02. Zach Eflin, average against Blake Snell, 191. That's a pretty endearing stat for uh, Snell. Hitters are hitting 191 against the guy. Now, I got to look up,
1: I mean, did the offseason you could do? I want to look up his
0: other side. On season. I
1: think the year he won to Tampa, he
0: uh, like wire to wire, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean the year he went with Tampa, I can tell you right now, he was twenty-one and five with a one-eight-nine ERA, and I would imagine two hundred strikeouts. Nice, now, now that that's pretty good. So yeah, just different. Um, all right, let's talk players of the week. Just 2, missed out two hundred twenty-one strikeouts. Yeah, just missed out on another no-hitter this week. Alex Cobb's late career renaissance reached another apex Tuesday when he came within one out of throwing the 18th no-hitter in Giants history in a 6 nothing win over the Reds at Oracle Park. Came to the mound with a no-hit bid in the ninth and his pitch count of 113, four more than his previous season high. He retired Noel V. Marte on a flyout, issued a walk to Nick Senzel, giving the Reds their second base runner of the game. Flyout from TJ Friedle, Spencer Streeter then hit a ribby double to the right center field gap to put the Reds on the board. Gabe Kapler stuck with Cobb, though. Struck out Ellie LA, La Cruz for the final out. Career high, 131 pitches, one walk, eight strikeouts, sixth complete game, and second of the season. Alex Cobb, sneaky all-star this year. Um, this was a bummer, but my two big takeaways are um, shout-out to Kapler for letting him go out and finish it. Yeah. Both Always. going into the ninth and even at like 125 pitches, let him go after Ellie LA, La Cruz. Um, and at least this wasn't ended on, like, a blue pit. It was a clean double in the gap.
1: Yeah, no, every time the managers – who did it? Dusty did it. Kapler did it recently. Kapler, Dusty with Romberg. If you got a shot at history, let the guy go for it. You have to. And then Kapler – let him finish what he started. He was dealing all night,
0: but he probably – if Ellie got on, he was probably out there, but good for Kapler. Shout out to Jose Altuve, who just weeks after becoming the third Astro to reach 2,000 hits, he recorded the franchise's first cycle in 10 years, single, double, triple, homer in the same game in the Astros, 13-5 win over the Red Sox at Fenway. Um, he went double, single, two-run, triple, and then after popping out in the seventh, his 10th home run of the year to complete the cycle. Um, It was their first cycle since Brandon Barnes in 2013, scored four times, tied a season high, uh, four ribbies, and tied a career high with four hits. Kind of surprising how Tua doesn't have a five-hit game in his career. He's now the only player per off the stats with an MVP, gold glove, multiple World Series rings, four straight 200-hit seasons, a leadoff inside the park home runs, a three-homer game in a playoff, a walk-off home run to clinch a playoff series, and a cycle. Kind of nitpicky there with the stats, but – I think that's why the sign stealing be damned. And everyone knows how I feel about that scandal. Altuve should absolutely still be a no doubt Hall of Famer. Please don't fuck this up, writers.
1: He should be a no doubt first ballot. Yep. Uh, and I. It'll, it'll be interesting because I think Bel, Beltrón
0: is getting punished from the science deal. Yeah, I think Altuve, like it's been pretty clear. He was one of the guys who was not in favor of this. I actually I know you hate
1: Correa also. But Correa, when Correa went on, I remember Correa was basically in tears defending Altuve. Perhaps.
0: Yeah, Correa definitely benefited, though. Look at what he's done since he left Houston. Not much. Other players of the week, shout-out to Johan Alviedo, um, 25-year-old through his first career shutout in a 5-0 win against the Royals at Coffin Stadium. Um, he set down the Royals in order in the ninth to secure the shutout. Congratulations to him on his first career shutout. Uh, Acuna in an 8-7 win versus the Dodgers. Joined the 30-60 club, 30 home runs, 60 steals. He didn't, he didn't join it. I think he started. Well, I was going to say, joined and became the first player ever to do it. Uh, did it in an epic fashion with a grand slam. Um, it was two days after he stole two bases to join the twenty sixty club. And when you're the first person to do something in baseball history, 30 home runs, 60 steals. I mean, there's a real chance he goes like 35-70. I, when I hear myself saying that out loud, I think he's got to be the MVP.
1: It might be closer to thirty-five eighty. He, When he gets their games, he has three steals. If he has the jump, if he has a read on the pitcher, he'll just go. He'll go from first to third in two pitches.
0: Shout out to Miggy Miguel Cabrera, who in a 10-0 win over the White Sox Saturday passed George Brett for 17th on the all-time hit list with a four-hit game. He is now eight hits away from Adrian Beltre for 16th all-time. Uh, he should probably pass that mark. Sometime before the end of the season, and this is a treat from Big Baby David. Since May thirtieth, making in fifty-four games, the OPS is still low, seven seventy-six, but hitting three hundred one with a three fifty-six on-base percentage.
1: Again, not to send up Pujols, God, but at least he's he's going out respectable. He, he, it's a respectable end.
0: The city of Philly rescued Trey Turner. What an epic August! After August fourth, when they gave him the standing out. Uh, Friday night at a 75, 7-5 win versus the Brewers. and we went one for three with a homer, three RBIs. Per ESPN stats and info, he's the fifth player since RBIs became official in 1920 to have four consecutive games with a homer and three ribbies with tying Bill Dickey and Lou Gehrig. And he homered in five straight games last week. We're seeing Team USA, Trey Turner, and that's scary for the rest of the NL, league, NL with the playoffs coming.
1: It's scary for baseball. It's, again, he... He was brought in um, to this Phillies team. He should, in theory, he should be 1-1-A and with Harvard. They should have two bona fide MVP candidates every year and then a ton of all-stars around.
0: A couple pitching performances. Shout out to Kyle Harrison, who in his Giants home debut last week and in his second career start on a 4 1 win over the Reds. Big for the wild card. 22 year old, six in a third, strikeout 11, no runs. He's the youngest Giants pitcher to record 11 strikeouts in games. It's a game since Mad Bum in 2011. Max Freed, seven scoreless, 10 strikeouts against the Dodgers in a 6 3 win Friday. He's rounding into form uh, come postseason time. Shout out to Kodai Senga. They said the Mets don't have the ace with the trades. This guy is an ace. Um, if it wasn't for Corbin Carroll locking this up award up in May, I think he would win rookie of the year. Um, seven innings, one earned run. He is now uh, he had 12 strikeouts against the Mariners Friday, lowered his ERA to 308. Probably going to make all teams second MLB. Um, multi-homer games this week. Mitch Garver versus the Twins, Jake Berger versus the Nats, Luis Ranjifo versus the Phillies, Salvi Perez versus the White Sox, DJ Stewart versus the Rangers, Trey Turner versus the Angels, Mookie versus the Braves, and Pete Alonso versus the Marlins. Um, Pete joins Ryan Howard, Albert Pujols, Ralph Kiner, and Eddie Matthews as players with 40 homers in three of their first five seasons. Don't forget, Pete had a 60-game season, though, so it's really four or five. And last but not least, it's very rare that a prospect delivers on a hype immediately. The Martian, Jason Dominguez, did just that, though. Him and Austin Wells come up with the Yankees Friday. Again, Dominguez is 20 years old, one of the most hyped Yankee prospects in recent memory, even more so than Volpe. Um, And in his first swing as a major leaguer Friday against the Astros, gets a 94.3-mile-per-hour fastball over the heart of the plate from future Hall of Famer Justin Verlander. Crushes it for an opposite field home run in his first at-bat. Homer twice in three games this weekend. Uh, he's the youngest Yankee to Homer in his first big league at bat and his first to do so uh, since Tyler Austin and Aaron Judge went back to back in 2016. He's the fifth youngest player in baseball history to Homer in their first at bat. And he joins Marcus Thames as only one of two players in baseball history to Homer in their first MLB bat- at bat against a reigning Cy Young Award winner. Look, there's a lot of other factors that went to it, but at the end of the day, Dominguez and Wells come up, the kids come up, the Yankees sweep the Astros in Houston. It's something they haven't done in over a decade. And as excited as I am to see Dominguez, I bought a ticket to see his home debut tomorrow. This is frustrating because Hal wins no matter what now because we hate Hal, we hate Casper or what they've done, but they bring up the kids and all of a sudden we have something to root for and the team looks exciting.
1: It's the most exciting prospect we've had since, since who?
0: Because Judge wasn't highly touted.
1: No. Uh, So it's fun. It's awesome. Great way to start the career. Um, Just unfortunate the way the
0: season's going. So this week, the Yankees, I mean, as we just talked about, they literally had a player nicknamed the Martian land. And honestly, if there was one team that felt like they were doing stuff from outer space, it wasn't the Yankees. It was your adopted hometown team for the next month, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So just to recap, I they went all in on Shohei Otani, and they, at the deadline, went and traded for Lucas Giolito. They traded for uh, Ronaldo Lopez. They absolutely got their farm. They traded for CJ Crone and Randall Grichuk. And then in a stunning development less than a month later, they waved the white flag on their season. Uh, they put Giolito, Matt Moore, Lopez, Hunter Renfro, and Grichuk all on waivers. Each of them is an appending free agent, and the Angels were apparently looking to save some money by having some or all of them claimed off waivers while simultaneously allowing to join playoff contenders before the September 1st cutoff. Tyler Anderson was also placed on waivers last week, uh, but the starting pitcher, due to having a da- bad year, went unclaimed and elected to stay uh, with the Halos. Since the trade deadline ty- Tyler Anderson? Tyler Anderson, yeah.
1: He's still on the Angels.
0: Still on the Angels. Another guy that the Dodgers worked their voodoo magic on.
1: He's Tyler Anderson. Somebody that I, uh, th- I was. I'm thinking about going to the Orioles Angels game on Wednesday. There are two people I want to heckle: Adley Rutschman, Tyler Anderson. Why Tyler Anderson? I mean, I do. I think Simon listens to this to this part of the episode. His girlfriend's roommate is cousins with Tyler Anderson, and. Um, his girlfriend's roommate. She's 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 nice. I don't I don't know her that well, but it would if I could just scream her name at Tyler Anderson, maybe. So let's maybe have a more of a chirp. Yeah, more more of a more of a chirp. But like, it's not like I have any sort of like long standing friendship with,
0: with this girl. So once upon a time, the way baseball used to work uh, before the new CBA is, you would have the August first, uh, or sorry, the the August thirty first. Um, non-waiver deadline. So what that would mean, or sorry, the waiver deadline. So players could still be placed on waivers and traded. They got rid of that a few years ago, but that's how we got Verlander on the Astros the first time. The huge Dodgers, Red Sox, blockbuster trade with Adrian Gonzalez. The Crawford. The, oh, you think
1: yeah. that you could, you call that the Adrian Gonzalez? I think of that as Crawford. Even I think of it as
0: Adrian Gonzalez just because he produced for both teams. Crawford was dude. to. So now once the trade deadline passes, there's no way to get anything of value in return for your players. So the the, the Angels put all these guys on waivers to try to save money, try to get under the luxury tax for next year. Um, G. Lita was making $10.4 million this year, this year with about $1.9 million left to pay out. Renfro was making $11.9 million this year um, with $2.8 million paid out for Matt Moore 7.5 this year 1.3 out paid out. Lopez 3.625 million 633 paid out. Um Gritchick was only making 9.33 this year, uh, but the Blue Jays and Rockies are covering some of that. So, uh for him for him there was about 1.71 million left to be claimed. And again, the Angels did nothing that isn't allowed here. They took advantage of basically how the CBA is written. But it's a bad look for Major League Baseball and the sport in general. Um for a team that just four weeks ago uh, energizes fan base and clubhouse with a bold win-now push. Um, they waved the white flag, though. They're ulti- openly trying to be non-competitive at this point. Um, and, uh, again, they can't be faulted for this, but it's really, really tough, I think, from the fans' standpoint that this can even be done, that a team could push into chips like that um, and then get – you know, basically gut their team for nothing in return for the Angels specifically. I mean, they traded a large portion. They basically gutted the farm to go all in here for a month work of shitty production from those players. Um, And the funniest part of all this for the angels, to be honest with you is because Randall Gritchett cleared waivers. um, No one wanted to take his remaining 1.7 million. They're still not under the CBA tax. So they gave up on the season. They gave up on guys. They traded their farm for, and they're still going to be luxury taxpayers. Um, just lay on me a lot of thoughts and then we'll talk about where these teams and these guys all ended up. But uh, what do you make of the fact of what the angels did here, the fact that they didn't get under the luxury tax and how you think this affects the Otani free agency? So
1: it's, it's tough to, it's tough to be not an angel. If you'd asked me a couple weeks from now, when I got my angels fandom really ingrained in me, I'll give you, I'd give you a different answer, but from afar, I think you have to be happy as an Angels fan that the team tried. Um, when the team's been as bad as for as long as they have, you have to respect the effort from management and going forward. And at the end of the day, it's, like, it's not an exact science. Moves don't work out. Um, it's funny that they're still not under the luxury tax, but look at them. They weren't, these guys weren't going to stay long-term. This wasn't the long-term fix. Um and it's not like they're not—they—they waved the white flag because they're out. They didn't wave it with any chance of going for it. As far as what this means for Otani, I think Otani said it. He was happy that the team pushed. They went. They made an all-in move. They went for it. Um, I thought he was going to stay. I—I'm still pretty convinced he's going to stay. Um, but the waving all these guys does nothing for it. It's how they manage the elbow from here until the end. That'll be the only thing that could send him to another. Team.
0: My biggest thing uh, for him, just man, I agree with you. you, you need, you're happy that the team finally went for it. It's just I don't know what the future looks like because I don't think any of these guys are going to resign at this point, even if you there were guys who wanted to resign here, which I don't know if that's the case anyway. But the cupboard's bare now. The cupboard was bare to begin with. You traded two of your major league-ready prospects um, to get Giolino and Ronaldo Lopez. The rest of your prospects you brought up this year and your team's still not any good. That's just my one holdup if you're Otani. I know you're comfortable there. I know they've been so great for you, but this was the year that they were, I think if they were going to do it, it was going to happen and it didn't happen. So that's what gives me pause there. But
1: uh, you're you're the one you're starting to come around on it. Like, If you're, what do you think of, you're not a doctor. What do you
0: long-term, what do you project Trapped it? I, I just don't know if you can project him for more than 120 games a year, given the past few seasons. Like
1: if you want to talk about on the field on the field stuff mattering, if you can get a full season from Trad and Otani being Trad and Otani at their apex, then there's no then Otani probably should stay and other people will come. People want to move to Orange County. People want to move to Orange County. It happens all the time. It's not a hard it's not a hard sell to get people out here. Um it's just are you getting Mike Trout Le, before the season starts, top five MVP vote? Otani top five MVP year after year just by showing up. Uh or is this or is Trout in the beginning of the end? Which is I I don't like Mike Trout. I've been pretty open about my disdain for the guy. Uh but look, if if he's actually on the decline now, then you really have to evaluate this angel situation differently. If that much money is gonna go to even if Otani's almost like two players in his own right.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it's that. Um, I don't know. I just think they're in a very weird place where they're the perpetual in-between team. But in-between teams eventually have the winning seasons. I mean, Otani's never been on a winning team. That's wild to me.
1: Trout's never won a
0: playoff game. So interested to see the path the Angels take going forward. I just, to me, as a fan, the really tough pill to swallow is when you openly decide we're done here. And you don't even accomplish your goal of getting under the luxury tax. That to me is the brutal part,
1: because I they still, are they still this
0: team? No, I think they pulled it off the market, and I could see Artie Moreno, other than Otani not spending to put the pieces around him, knowing they're going to be so far under the over the luxury tax. And honestly, kind of up against it, just between Trout, Otani, and Rendon, I'd imagine.
1: Oh, I forgot about Rendon. Holy shit! Like, honestly, in hindsight. In hindsight, the, the the smart move for the Angels would have been trade Otani and uh, package the Rendon contract with
0: it. I think, that tried, was, yeah, I think they even tried a little bit, and Rendon just has that little value.
1: He has such little value that a team wouldn't even take on the best player we've ever seen.
0: Knowing he was going into free agency, I think the answer is still no.
1: I feel like if you're confident, you can resign him. though, you you bring, you put him in the bill. You get him in the bill.
0: Yeah, you make you make the case there. Um, and it's crazy. Honestly, as crazy as the Angels giving up after a month um, was, the teams that claimed most of these guys is even crazier. Uh, the Guardians a month ago they sold at the deadline, and they're five games back in the division but this to me is the biggest implication that Terry Franconi is going to retire that they added. So they added Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez and Matt Moore off of waivers. Um, They're five games up in the division right now, which isn't a crazy, crazy thing, but again, five games in one month is tough, but it's doable. Um, You know, Beaver, Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill been hurt all year. Aaron Savali has been traded to the Rays. Gavin Williams, your boy got hurt, left the game with an injury this week. So, Giolito is going to step right into that rotation there. I, I mean, Giolito was good with the White Sox in 121 innings, 379 ERA. With the Angels, 689 ERA. Um, and most dramatically, his home run rate spiked to 2.7 innings per nine. Lopez and more out of the bullpen have been pretty good. Uh Lopez, 3.39 ERA and in 55 innings. So it was absolute gas. More in the past two years out of the bullpen. Um, with the Angels, 2 to one ERA, has really reinvented himself as a hard-throwing left-handed reliever. If there's any team that can maybe fix Giolito for a month, I trust the Guardians and their track record. Um, And again, all this cost them was dollars and cents, but just a really fascinating role reversal in the next last month. So what do you make of the Guardians being the ones to claim all this, and uh, what, if any, impact do you think this has on Terry Francona's future?
1: I think you nailed it. It seems like they want to do right by Terry on the way out, uh, so they gave him some pieces. And it's like, again, five games. They have a three-game series against the Twins this week. Barring a Guardian sweep, I think it's over. I, I just think five is too many with this, few game, with this few games to go. And we touched on it on the top. The Twins just
0: might be a better team. DeLito and Ronaldo or- Lopez now on their fourth different team together. I mean, they're good. Immaculate. They're they're an immaculate grid
1: pair, but no today it's, it's the fourth time they've been traded together. Well, I think they were drafted the same draft, and that was one
0: I saw this too. Yeah, days. that's true. Got traded White Sox to net or Nets to White Sox, White Sox to the Angels, Angels to the Guardians. Hopefully, they're.
1: Bo- oh, I hope they're boys. <laughs> I mean, they should be. If not, I mean, maybe now they they have to be. And they're out there going. I mean, they ended up in Cleveland. They ended up in, far and away, the worst city of the three this last round.
0: No Talk offense. Yeah. Central still, we talked about it a few weeks ago, maybe last week, whenever they fired Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams in Chicago, how Jerry Reinsdorf, one of his biggest criticisms is the owner, um, is how he's loyal to the fault. If you watch the last dance, it broke up the greatest, maybe the greatest dynasty of the last 50 years with the greatest player, the Bulls. Maybe. I
1: think it's easily. Last 50 years, no one else has won six. Six So, uh, Patriots maybe, but
0: so when they when they fired their baseball ops team, some fans were optimistic that they would go outside the organization to hire, bring somebody in. Uh, We mentioned James Click, and instead they promoted from within. Um, Chris gets has been promoted from assistant GM to senior vice president and general manager of the White Sox. Uh, he joins Chris Young, Jerry Depoto Sam Fold, and Brandon Gomes as high-ranking baseball ops executives who also played at the major league level. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick of the White Sox in 2005 and played seven parts of seven major league seasons with the Royals, White Sox, and the Blue Jays. Uh, appeared in 459 big league games, uh, over 1,500 career-played appearances, and was the White Sox' primary second baseman in 2009 before being traded to the Royals there. Um, the White Sox hired him in October 2016 to take over as the new player uh, director of player development, which he held from 17 to 20 before being promoted to his most recent title of assistant GM. He's overseen the day-to-day operation of the minor league system in the team's academy and the DR, um, and has also contributed to player evaluation and contract negotiation. Jerry Reinsworth of said, Chris brings a wealth of knowledge and experience with our organization to this role. Most importantly, he knows our players both at the major league level and in our system, knows our staff, and is familiar with all aspects of our baseball ops department. Chris has impressed me greatly over the last seven years. In our conversation together this season, I've become energized by his vision, approach, and sense of what this organization needs to become competitive again. With his existing knowledge of the organization top to bottom, I believe his leadership will provide us with the quickest path forward to our goal a consistently successful baseball team that competes and plays the game the right way. Gets has been the favorite throughout. Um, most people were hoping for an outside hire, but again, this is Jerry we're talking about, and this is kind of the reality. Chris Getz could be a great hire, but I'm a firm believer when it comes to managers or coaches, if you are elevating somebody from within, it should be because somebody else is going to hire that guy. If you don't elevate that.
1: You're about to tear into this guy, aren't you?
0: No, I'm not going to tear into him, but I am going to go on the record and saying, if Chris Givetz wasn't elevated to GM, another team wasn't dying to have Chris Getz. None of us had heard about Chris. Well, Denny. that was my same
1: point with the grief all hiring. It's like, why are you – there are similar points. Like, why are you – the White Sox have been bad. The White Sox have been one of the worst franchises since they won the World Series in 05. They've been well, one yeah, of the worst in all of baseball.
0: Like, when they're the Tigers like when the Tigers hired Scott Harrison as their GM and team president last offseason, I had heard of him because he developed the Giants farm system, which in case you notice, hasn't noticed – or haven't noticed the past 15 years have sustained would have been a times world series winners, but if nothing else, pretty good teams, the White Sox farm hasn't been great for whatever it's worth. Somebody tweeted this. Chris gets oversaw not one, but the hiring of two minor league managers who were dismissed because of their uh, off the field behavior. One of which was Omar Vizquel who went from a likely hall of famer to a guy that won't touch a baseball circuit for the foreseeable future. Again, this is just you had a chance to inspire inspire and energize a fan base. that needed it so badly. And Reinsdorf went with the status quo. And as dark as this sounds, it does make me think that until Reinsdorf dies or is out of power, it's just gonna be the same old shit for the White Sox. And that sucks for White Sox fans.
1: We both had the White Sox in the winning winning the division this year, right? I, I I'm pretty sure we both had the White Sox. Because the- on paper the talent was there. And the on paper the talent still is there. That lineup should be much better. That but I don't know what they're
0: getting from. They're hurt all the. They're one of the team. They're one of the teams that is hurt all the time. Like the postscript to last season, because this is basically the same White Sox team as last year, except Tim Ander- Tim Anderson has obviously been much worse. But all of a sudden, like all we talked about last year was oh how out of touch Larusa was and this and that. This White Sox team this year is going to be lucky to win seventy games. Larusa had them at his five hundred team last year.
1: Larusa had them as a at a team that I couldn't quit until probably this time, maybe even later.
0: Like couldn't quit until mathematically they were eliminated.
1: Couldn't quit them. Just had so much talent, and still like we talked, we said the Twins are better than the Guardians. Those two teams are so far. A, they're not juggernaut. They're no juggernaut. There is no juggernaut in the AL Central.
0: There is a team that has to make the playoffs by default. Here's what Chris needs has to figure out. It's player development because Andrew Vaughn took a step forward for the White Sox this year, and Luis Robert, I think, grew into superstardom. But you look at the rest of that team, Grandal. I mean, Grandal, it's partially because of age, but Grandal, Moncada, Tim Anderson, Eloy, Cease, Giolito on some level, Kopesh. That's seven guys who were supposed to make up a young playoff core, which coming out of the 2021 season when they won the division, we thought they would do. And every single one of them has taken at a minimum a small step back, if not in some cases like Tim Anderson, a huge step back. And that's what they need to figure out. And at the end of the day, Getz is the guy who oversaw the player development team that all of these guys came from. And that to me is a huge red flag.
1: The Tim Anderson thing is alarming. Because Tim Anderson, every going into this year, Tim Anderson was looking at, what co- what contract was he looking at? What is he looking at now?
0: Right now, I think he's looking at a one-year approval deal. I mean, Tim Anderson was easily a $120 million player, at least. I was
1: saying six for, six for 120, six for 130. Tim
0: Anderson was in the conversation as a one of the future phases of baseball type of guys.
1: He's got the Dairy Queen sponsorship. Yeah. His face is on the blizzard, and now he can't hit.
0: So again, I I'm gonna give Chris Getz a chance. Like again, this is nothing against him. I just think you had a chance to make a real splash, and the White Sox, White Sox, and they played it safe.
1: Yeah, they're. Uh, I mean, going into next year, I still would you, I just off the if they run the same core back next year, I'm still, I I can't pick them less than lower than third in their own division.
0: Yeah, right now, if all the cores are the same, I'm overwhelmingly going to pick the Twins to win the AL Central next year. Part of it is I trust, I trust Rocco Badelli. Um, but again, I, I, that rotation, and again, the Guardians guys come back healthy, different conversation, obviously, with Beaver, McKenzie, et cetera. But that rotation and enough offense, in my opinion, yeah,
1: and I think, yeah,
0: it, it's a mess on the South side. It's a mess. Bring your brooms. All right, a couple more waiver claims. Um, the Reds upgraded their outfield. Uh, they claim Harrison Bader from the Yankees and Hunter Renfro from the Angels. Both are eligible for the postseason there. Bader's 29, Renfro is 31. Um, Bader with the Yankees. I mean, we mentioned the Montgomery trade earlier. The Yankees lost that trade. All that said, though, I mean, Bader, probably our best hitter in the playoffs last year. Uh, I mean, one helped oh, win. Yeah won that first round series against Cleveland and uh, him and Nestor and some big homers against the Astros one of the only positives um defensively was still great for the Yankees um you know this year he's hitting 240, 78 365 but the speed has allowed him to steal 17 bases very good defensively and a great clubhouse guy uh Renfro so far this year for the Angels down year 242 304 434 98 wrc plus but very strong defensively you know still has the power 20 or so homers Both of these guys, again, they're they're not going to put the Reds over the top, but with such a young team, gives them a little bit more versatility in the outfield, gives them some veteran guys who have been in playoff races. Um, And again, it's all dollars and cents. So the Reds didn't really go for it at the deadline. Um, If I'm a Reds fan, I still don't feel great that these were essentially the only two go-for-it moves they made, but they got two quality big league players. But I especially want to show Bader some love. Like In the grand scheme of things, Harrison Bader was not a particularly memorable Yankee but had the epic postseason we talked about. But I've just never seen a player handle an exit from the team with such grace and compassion. You could really tell on his way out how much it meant for him. Being a kid from the city, you know, grew up in the area, grew up in Yankee, how much it meant to him to put on the pinstripes, even if it was only for a year or so. Um, And so for that, I'll always say, thank you, Harrison Vader. You'll always be the master to me.
1: And my cousin hooked up with his sister at a party I went to in high school.
0: There you go. So, and you'd allow Dominguez to come up, but I'm rooting for Bader. Bader's always one of them. He'll always be a guy that I'm a big fan of now.
1: I'll never understand how Teddy pulled that one off.
0: We'll have to talk about that one off the air a bit. Um, so, playoff news, a lot of dialogue. With, I mean, the pitch clock has been a resounding success, no doubt about that. It's a been
1: of- such a success. Rob, great job.
0: There's been a lot of dialogue, though, from the players and fans alike of are they going to do the same pitch clock for the postseason? Because we do know the game slows down, the moments are a bit bigger. Um, And Major League Baseball did say that they are going to keep the pitch clock rules exactly the same uh, for the postseason, which is again, uh, pitchers throw the ball within 15 seconds of receiving it with the bases empty, 20 with runners on. Um, They're not going to amend any rules. The average game is now down 25 minutes to two hours and 39 minutes. Um, Again, pitch clock violations have more or less disappeared with one every four games. I think the pitchers have adjusted to this. Um, Nearly two-thirds of regular season games have ended without a violation. I think this is the right call. I'm a firm believer if you have the rules one way in the regular season, you have to have that in the postseason. With the caveat of the ghost runner rule, that rule is fucking stupid. We shouldn't have it to begin with. And if a postseason game was ever decided by that, I'd probably give up on baseball. Um, all that said, though, all we can kind of do as fans is have our fingers crossed and just hope as the moment gets bigger that a major playoff game isn't decided by a pitch clock violation, which I don't think it will. I do think everyone's adjusted for the most part. And I think umps will maybe show a little more leeway in the playoffs because you also have the best umps at that point.
1: I don't – look, that's the only way. It, the only way this blows up is if it's a pitch clock violation that, at, ending it. It has to be the last. A runner has to go. A runner from third has to score on a pitch clock violation, or else it's fine. And I think these rules had to stay. You don't want to change again. This is this is what the rules are. Get used to them.
0: I want to talk to you about fan safety, or I guess fan and player safety. Not something we talk about very often. But uh, the MLB Players Association is reviewing team and stadium safety measures and measures in response to a pair of security incidents in a fair four day span. Um, last week, and again, not to kick on teams that suck as is, but their security needs to figure it the fuck out. Um, guaranteed rate field Friday night at a stadium. Both of you, you and I have attended in the last year. Um, two women suffered gunshot wounds um because a woman was able to get a gun into the stadium. It came from inside. And then this past week. Not only were two fans of the White Sox Rocky or the uh, Braves Rockies game of Corey's field able to come onto the field, but one of them basically like tackled Acuna, like gave him a hug. You're talking about the face of baseball and tackled him. The security protocols in Chicago and Denver are um, currently being reviewed. But the fact that both of these happened in a week span, again, the, the casual fan isn't even going to know this happened, but people who are tuned in like us, this is concerning. Obviously, the fact that somebody brought a gun into any public venue like that wow. is of huge do concern. You want,
1: do we want to talk about the gun one first or the Acuna hug?
0: Talk about the gun one because there is a little bit of humor into it. Um, there's
1: a little bit of humor into the gun one. Uh, there's it. Supposedly, this woman brought the gun and tucked in her fat folds, which opens a, opens a lot of questions. Did she knowingly bring it in her fat folds? Or did you just kind of roll over and it, Was it like when you go
0: through like TSA security and you're like, oh shit, I got a bowl in my pocket.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it ended up there, but it's really, it just, I mean, it's only, it's so stupid. It's, it, it shows, it shows like a huge flaw with these metal detectors at these games. If you can't catch a gun, that's kind of what their one purpose is. Like, they'll send me back and forth 50 times if I leave my keys in my pocket. But some woman has a gun. Disgusting. The Acuna one, I mean, you're never supposed to get I, – I think the walls in Coors Field are kind of high. So they have to go – they have to do a decent amount of running. Bad luck for the security team. Bad luck for baseball security all
0: around. I'd say that would be the, the overarching. The one, it almost felt like, like watching it, it was like in slow motion. And you let two fans get on
1: you let two fans get up. I mean, maybe that's the approach. If you want to do it, you go in twos. I just. What is the punishment for running on the field? Are you? I think I think you get locked up for a night, and then you're banned from the ballpark.
0: Uh, they should be permanently banned. Yeah, but I don't even know how they police that. I don't know either. Couple miscellaneous moves, then we'll do injuries, tweets of the week. Um. The Brewers added a a guy on a minor league deal, and I just don't get it. They signed Josh Donaldson. I'm sure Donaldson will maybe go somewhere else out of New York and start hitting again. But the guy I saw is such a bad guy to have in the locker room, in my opinion, and just can't hit. I mean, this year in 34 games, he had 10 home runs, but hit 142, 225, 434. If there's any team that doesn't need a guy who could still just field, it's the Brewers, because they squeeze all the defensive value out while getting just enough hitting. And and again, I I, I just think Donaldson doesn't have the pedigree where you bring him in for a September run. If you're the Brewers, what are you doing messing with what at least to me appears immaculate team chemistry under Craig Council? It's very rare I'll complain about a guy a team signing a guy to a minor league deal, but I absolutely hate this move for the Brewers.
1: I don't. I, you really don't like Donaldson. I think it's fine. I don't see. I don't see this really taken away from him. I don't know if he's going to play. Like I think it's just the guy's who's a former he MVP toils in minor recently. leagues. What he'll be toils in AAA. No, right, well, you could hope for that. I. I. It's fine. Like it's a. It's a no risk. There's no risk. You bring him in, he hopefully was humbled by this whole New York disaster. Uh, but I think teams have brought him in at the deadline before. Didn't Cleveland bring him in late one season for something like this? He's fine. He's a pro. But I definitely wouldn't start printing NL Championship shirts in Milwaukee because you have Donaldson. No.
0: Are they racist in Milwaukee? What's their uh, per capita racism there?
1: I don't know, but they're the drunkest. It's the drunkest city in America. Oh. Most bars per square foot.
0: Right, he'll probably fit it, man. Um, Dominic Leone, one of the Angels, claims he is going uh, back to the Mariners 473 ERA across 42 and two-thirds innings out of the pen there. And the Orioles reuniting with Jorge Lopez. Um, they claimed him from the Mariners. The Mariners swabbed him one from one with Dylan Floro. Floro six three ERA and 10 innings for the twins. Lopez 926 ERA and 2 two third innings for Miami. But Lopez was an all-star for the Orioles last year before they traded him to the Twins, so maybe he regains some form there. Either way, you can never have enough relief pitchers. Injury list, Tony Gonsolin, Tommy John surgery. He's out likely now um, until the 2025 season. Bummer. Great guy. I mean, even last year in his breakout year, I feel like he was the guy, again, if he stayed healthy, he probably beat Sandy for the Cy Young. Health has always been a problem for this guy, though, and it looks like that's going to continue in, in the future. Um, I was down on the Blue Jays earlier. I think the fact that Boba Bichette is back on the injury with, with a right quad strain kind of is like a little nail in the coffin. And again, they're only a game and a half, two games out of the wild card, but I just don't know who's going to step up offensively for this team. Matt McClain, 10-day injury list due to a right oblique strain. Michael A. Taylor, 10-day injury list due to a right hamstring strain. Danny Jansen, 10-day injury list, right finger fracture. And Daniel Bard, 15-day injury list as well. Michael A. Taylor is going to get a shout out because he's a glove first guy who has 20 homers this year for the Minnesota twins. Something about that ballpark in Minnesota ball just flies. So if you put like him and Buxton together, that was like 40 homers this year. And that was, and and in their defense, that kind of was the idea.
1: Oh, the Buxton thing. I'll never, I don't think I'll ever give up hope on Buxton.
0: All right. Keep Boba shed in mind from one of our players of the week or for one of our tweets of the week. Because Bo Bichette's been leading the AL in hits all season. Not anymore. Uh, Yandy got him? Nope. Hold that thought. All right. I got three tweets from Codify. Um, Schwarber, home run to singles count. 39 homers, 37 singles. He is. I'll try to keep everyone updated on that as much as I can see the tweets. He is what he is under the heading of umpires need to be held accountable. This is from codify CB Buckner uh, has missed over 250 balls and strikes called this season in 22 games behind the plate and has an 11 game streak with 10 plus missed calls. That is the next thing I'd like on Rob's checklist is like NFL games. I think if you miss a certain amount of calls, you just get, you would a minimum get off the postseason rotation, but you get taken off games. Uh, This just can't happen.
1: They need to do what the uh, NBA does that official or they just need to make this more public because i know the nba they'll give that last two minute report out and that gets talked about like that that sort of thing makes the, the sports talk show. if this idiot is missing 10 percent five to ten percent of his calls every time out there that needs to be more there needs to be more than just you and i chastising him in the public
0: eye i agree from the blue jays this is about a jersey native Davis Schneider with 1.379 has the highest OPS of any player in the modern era in their first 15 games. Sho- Shohei Otani, eighth player with 40 homers and 20 steals in multiple seasons. Um, on Friday, Jason Dominguez of the Yankees, Nick Lofton of the Royals, and Ronnie Mauricio of the Mets all debuted. And it's the first time three MLB players had an extra base hit in their first career at bats on the same day since 1946.
1: Did they get him in the trade, the Mets?
0: No, they've had him. So talking about Blake Snell, here are the only MLB starter to allow no more than 16 earned runs in a span of 19 starts during the regular season since 1913. Bob Gibson 68, the year they, they lowered the mound for him the year after. Arietta in 15, Cease last year, and Snell this year. It's easy to forget.
1: I mean, that's the other thing with the not to go back on the White Sox bashing. Cease has been fucking
0: awful. Cease, Not, though, last year, it was weird, though, because he had a ton of unearned runs. I think that needs to be mentioned.
1: The, I, that doesn't matter. He's been
0: whatever he's you want to but say. But, like, those other three guys were just dominant. Cease had a lot of, like, four runs allowed, but, like, one earned run starts.
1: I'm just going to get Cease's ERA for you real quick. No, he's,
0: sure.
1: he's got an ERA of 4.91. It jumped a full two-plus runs.
0: That's crazy. It's not good. Uh, From Alta Stats, the Brewers are the first MLB team to score three runs on an infield error. The
1: VRA last year was 2-2. Now it's
0: 4-9. First team to score three runs on an infield error to turn a deficit into a lead in the eighth inning or later since 1988. Um, That guy, Cole Raggins, I was talking about for the Royals, struck out 53 men this month, had never had more than 16 in a month prior. He joins Pete Alexander in 1911 as the only pitchers in the modern era with a 50K month ever after never having a 20K month. That's your boy. Ronald and Mookie per ESPN became the third pair of starting leadoff hitters with the f- homer and four RBIs in the same game. Uh, Mookie finished August hitting .455 with 51 hits and 11 homers, the third player since 1900 with a .450 average, 50 hits, and 10 home runs in a month, joining Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Good company. Always oh, good company. The Braves won through five hitters. Uh, Acuna has thirty-one homers. Albies has twenty-eight. Riley thirty-two. Olson forty-three. Ozuna thirty-two. That's one hundred sixty-six home runs, which is more than seventeen teams this season.
1: They, if they don't win the world, yeah, they really
0: are the best team in baseball, and they're just really good. All right, remember when I was talking about that's the the new hits leader. Yep. Julio Rodriguez would be the third player to lead his league in hits after trailing by 35 at any point in a season. He's now leading the American League in hits. Um, and this past month, he became the first player with 30-plus hits, including five homers, in an 11-game span since 1901. And he joined George Sisler um, as the only players in a single month with 45 hits, 30 ribbies, 15 extra base hits, and 10 steals in a month.
1: Excellent month for you.
0: Uh, I mentioned Ronnie uh, Mauricio before of the Mets. He's the first Mets player with multiple hits in his MLB debut since what player in 2015?
1: Okay, so I got – somebody told me the answer to this. It's it's
0: Steven Metz. Fun one, right? Not if you're a Mets fan. No, not if you're a Mets fan. Um, all right, other tweets of the week. Mets, DJ Stewart became the only player in the last 50 seasons, hit multiple home runs, and record a walk-off hit by pitch in the same game from James Smythe shout out to Aaron Judge he passed Ryan Howard as the fastest player in baseball history in terms of games played and 250 career homers Howard was at 855 Judge 810 Anthony hey, Volpe from James Smythe Anthony Volpe first rookie in MLB history with 20 homers and or sorry the uh first Yankee with the 2020 Steel season as a rookie um uh, 15th rookie in MLB history to do it Merle Kelly has an 0-11 record versus the Dodgers. Fifth pitcher in MLB history with 11 or more losses With there's a single opponent without a win. Freddie Freeman joined Todd Helton and Chuck Klein as players with 25 homers and 50 doubles prior to September. Freddie and Mookie, per opti stats, are the first pair of teammates since 1937 with 40-plus hits, 10 doubles, and three steals in a month. From Sarah Lang's to AL West this month, it's the third time that since divisions began in 1969. Three teams in the same division were within a game or fewer of the lead entering the month. Royce Lewis of the twins from Sarah Lang's 10th player with three grand slams within his first 10 career home runs. Some Bryce Harper love per baseball reference. Um, 10 homers last month. He became the 28th player in ALNL history with 300 homers through his age 30 season towards Babe Ruth, Ott, Mike Trout pools, Jimmy Fox, Eddie Matthews, and Mickey mantle as the only players with 300 homers, 900 walks, and a one forty OPS plus through their age 30 season. In the 2021 season, regular season and playoff combines, any guesses on how many strikeouts Randy Johnson had total? It was a big enough number that I it was bold and I needed to bring it up to you. Over how many years? Just the 2021 – or the 2001 season, sorry, the regular season and the postseason. Do you have
1: 400? 419
0: strikeouts. Jesus Christ. He was – I mean, I love the big unit. He's – I'm never – not he is a permanent spot on my all-time starting rotation. Two more from Codify: uh, Chris Davis with the K and Chris Davis with the C. They homered on the same time, same game, same day, thirty-four times. They both used it a lot of homers. Trivia question to wrap this up from Codify: Most MLB seasons with that stealing at least one base without being caught with ten go.
1: This feels like it's a it's a, it's a trick question. So I'll guess, uh, Yvonne Rodriguez,
0: Greg Maddox.
1: <laughs> Ooh, he, that makes sense. Smart guy knows how to read the picture. I could see him getting good leads, good jumps. Any concluding thoughts for this week's podcast? Um, Nothing from me. Hopefully next week I give you a report of the Angels stadium. There's either Wednesday night against the O's or a Friday night, Mike Trout hockey sweater giveaway.
0: Fun brewery across the street. So go early and definitely go for the hockey sweater.
1: But all the heckling at the oil.
0: Um, NFL's back. Go Giants. Open up the season Sunday against the Cowboys. Next week we will be doing an all state of California podcast. Bryce will be in OC. I'll probably be in San Francisco, depending on the timing. Um, so that will be something. And uh, happy birthday to our friend Jamie Hamburg. Congratulations on 27 years of life. With Bryce Holden, my name is Jason Norsky. This is Underdog Sports Baseball Show. Have a great later day.